another Thursday this year, changing the days up on you guys. Uh, another episode of the Crescent Sports Report. I'm your host, Troy Schrader. We got Evan Barr in studio. What up, what up? Cole back for this episode. Hello. Still no Austin. Sad face. Uh, still looking to replace him. It's going to be hard to do. Austin was a fantastic host. Austin, if you're listening, big shout out to li- for listening. I know you gave us your thoughts on the last one, so we really appreciate that. Uh, before we get into this episode, though, we'd just like to get into or give it an ad read. Just a little pause in case you want to advertise your business here. Go right ahead. This portion of our podcast is brought to you by Insert Your Name or Company Here. Crescent.Evansville.edu receives over a 1,000 new visitors a month and during that time receives nearly 6,000 page views. Become part of the student media family and advertise with us on our website, Crescent.Evansville.edu. Or let us highlight you right here on this podcast and we'll talk about your business, product, and or service. All right. So, last week we talked about the Dame trade, the Drew Holiday landing spots, possibly. We already gave our thoughts on the Dame trade. Cole, do you have anything to add? Uh, Yes. So, I am a Sacramento Kings fan, and when I saw that he went to the Celtics, I was pretty disappointed because I thought Drew Holiday would fit perfect with us, bringing that like good scoring but also elite defense because that's what we were missing. And he would fit perfect alongside De'Aaron, not having to be the main ball handler but also being able, to, being able to help with that defense. And I saw him go to the Celtics, which is probably like the most perfect fit. Most perfect fit. But that's all I got to say. What would that. a package from Sacramento look like? Kevin Herter and two firsts. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I honestly don't know. I didn't look too much into what a package would look like, but it would probably be pretty hefty. Yeah, I'm assuming that's probably why the Kings couldn't do that. Yeah, because I don't know how valuable many of our young assets are, besides Keegan Murray, which I am not willing to give up. What about off night? Mm, no. I mean, he's basically actually. I w- I would have been willing to give him up because that's just a worse version of Drew. Ho- that's a Walmart version of Drew Holiday. Kind of what I was thinking. Just can't score. Yeah. Um. So Evan and I last episode both agreed that the Drew Holiday going to the Celtics was a place we'd like to see him go to, kind of a perfect landing spot. So kind of a pat on the back to ourselves because we just predicted that like two days beforehand. I mean, I'm not saying that took, you know, magic powers to predict. No need to be a source or anything. That pick wasn't anything insane. We're the new Woj. Yes, breaking news two days before. We knew it was happening before the Blazers and the Celtics even knew it was happening. That's all I'm saying. And I think uh, I think he's going to be a better fit, too, than Marcus Smart was. Because a lot of people say Marcus Smart's a better defender than Drew Holiday. But when you go around the league, and they ask, like, who do you think the best perimeter defender in the league is? Like, some of the best scorers in the league, such as, like, Steph Curry and KD, both said Drew Holiday. So I think he'll fit better there. Plus, like they, like I said, with the scoring ability, Marcus Smart couldn't score as well as Drew Holiday. Just give LaMelo Ball a year. That's all I'm saying. Not actually. He's an okay defender. Steals the ball a lot, though. Cole, why are you making that face? Uh, I just got an update or a notification from ESPN. Pro Hall of Fame linebacker Dick Butkus died at 80. Oh, shit. Greatest name in football. R.I.P. I was about to say that. That needs to go down for legendary, like, Hall of Fame names. But R.I.P. to that man. Breaking news One while we're filming ever. an episode. Damn. Uh, shit, that's actually kind of crazy. My goodness. Wow. Damn, that kind of made me lose my train of thought. I'm not sure 
where I was okay. about to go. Transition to the Bears. Yeah, we'll transition that to the Bears. I do think that uh, we were not a whole lot more to add on the NBA because it's dead middle of the offseason. We're not really dead middle. We're starting preseason. I was going to say, preseason just started today. And LeBron's already saying he doesn't want to play the first preseason game. So, He's the king. So we will – Not Sorry to interrupt, but not NBA – not really like NBA news, but Olympic news. Embiid has registered – or has declared he will play for Team USA. So that is one piece to our monsters that we will be bringing to show Noah Lyles we are world champions. I still have no. You better idea. not lose. I still have no idea why Noah Lyles said that. I, I mean, no I either. get why he was saying that, and then like it, we sort of proved his point. But at the same time, that wasn't the Olympics. You don't send, at least the U.S. doesn't send their best guys out there. They did last time. The last FIBA World Cup, they had Steph, Kyrie, I think KD went. Um, Jimmy Butler. Butler went. Rose went. DeMarcus Cousins, a, uh, Anthony Davis, all those guys were all there for that. So see, well, we don't have to, we don't have to prove shit because when we sent our guys last time, we probably wiped everybody. I don't know. I don't even remember what happened. Last Olympics, either. we lost a game, so I don't Amen. know. I, I I think more than anything, he was probably just saying that to try and hopefully spur NBA players into wanting to do Olympic competition level stuff. Hopefully, because it is just good for the sport. Like, yeah. it's just the whole dream team effect See, all over again. Yeah. You got to get these guys to go to these things so guys in other country can see our best dudes. It's important, even if they don't want to think it is. But because I I don't know if I'm speaking for myself or if I'm speaking for a whole population, but I'd rather see LeBron James, Katie, and Steph than. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, and whoever the hell else we're sitting Edwards. Yeah. Austin Reed should not be on an yeah, no, American Austin, no, we should not. team. I mean, no disrespect to Austin Reed. Like, he, no, he, no, he, no, he, played, he played, played really good. well. He played really yeah, well, but like, he shouldn't have been on the roster to begin no. with. Like, I, was, I just always revert back to either the Dream Team or the 2012 team. The or worst the player on the 2012 league, other than rookie Anthony Davis, was probably Kevin Love or Iguodala. Who at the time were both all stars and yeah. in their in the middle good. of the prime. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Or maybe even that 08 team too. That 08 team. What was that? Yeah, Those were the redeem teams that they called them. I think. Yeah. Yeah, that team was stacked. It was the I mean, uh, 04 team was stacked and they lost, but that was a weird era of basketball though. Early 2000s were interesting. Yeah. That's very true. But uh, before Cole rudely interrupted my transition to the NFL. Uh, R.I.P. Dick Butkus. Uh, we would like to talk about the Bears now. They got a game tonight. We are filming this on October 5th, Thursday. They play the Commanders. Uh, obviously, things have not started the way the Bears would like. Horrible, horrible beat last week against the Broncos. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, on Sundays, I'm flipping through a lot of games. Uh, Sunday ticket. Shout out my dad for paying that. Uh so we flip through a ton of games and then just kind of see who's about to score, fantasy implications, see if you're watching, uh, you know, your favorite team. And I'm watching the Bears game like, oh, Bears got this easy Justin Fields breakout. Here we go. Turn the game off. I come back five minutes later. I'm like, what the hell? They're tied? And, you know, then Justin Fields threw a game-sealing interception. But, like, I don't think that he should have been in, the inter- uh, in that position in the first place having, you know, already been, like, 28 of 34. Three or whatever heading into that drive, 30, 335 passing yards, four touchdowns was his final stat line, something along those lines. And he did have a fumble, which I've seen some people complain. Like a lot, of, I've seen people say Justin Fields played a damn near perfect game last week, and a, a lot of other people responded saying he did not because of a fumble and a pick. 
But to be fair, that fumble came off, came off of being sacked from his blind side, and he could not like he didn't know that guy was coming. Pause. And then that pick at the end of the game, like you have how much time left? You got to get downfield quick. You got to start throwing like you just got to start like firing the ball as quick as you can. You don't really have time to sit in the pocket for 10, 15 seconds and scan something downfield. Justin Fields and Zach Wilson both did enough for their teams to win last week. Yes. The unfor- the interceptions, unfortunate, it happens, but. I mean, look how Mahomes played, and everybody, Chris Collinsworth included. Yep. Gargled his still balls the, greatest the whole time. Man, yeah. yeah, I think it was the greatest performance ever, when in reality, they should have lost by, like, 10 points. He threw two Shout interceptions. Out to the refs. He, should have th- he threw two interceptions and had one get called back and had one that was dropped. But I digress. We'll, we'll talk about the Jets coming up soon. So, uh, Cole... You got anything? I know you're a big football guy. You've been watching all the games. Like, I feel like you're going to... Specifically about the Bears? Yes. Um, so, Justin Fields can't read a defense worth a lick. I mean, last week, I mean, was a glimpse or a glimpse of hope, I guess you could say. Against a team that let up 70. Against a team, yeah, that's the one problem with it. That defense also let up 70 the week prior, so I don't really know how legit last week can be. We'll find out tonight. We will indeed find out tonight. Because the commander's defense is probably a top ten unit in the league, but then I picked up the Bears and fan or the commander's defense. Yeah, fantasy they will just probably they're playing the Bears. They'll probably go for a nice little double digit uh, game tonight. Selfishly, I have Justin Fields in fantasy, so I'm really hoping for another Bears masterclass. I want Justin Fields to be good. I just know the Bears suck and will always suck. And as a Colts fan, I'm glad that the Bears will always suck. So I hope that they tank. I hope they get Caleb Williams. Because I don't care about him. And I hope Justin Fields goes somewhere, maybe like the Raiders, where he can possibly turn himself into something as long as they fire McDaniels because he's mm-hmm. a terrible coach. Yeah. they And the thing is, like last week, I don't know what it was with that. Like, I don't know. I didn't watch the game because I was coming, I was driving back to school. But I, what was like the coach's mindset with the play calling in the second half? Why did they not keep their foot on the gas? Why they played? Why they stop playing? to win and start playing to not lose cuz that's how you lose football games cuz that's what the think Ravens Russell do. Wilson could win a game. Yeah. And the Bears hold. the Bears have not won a game since October. They probably forgot how to win. They were probably, they probably like, did. "Oh yeah, guys, this is nice it's having it's a almost league. been Here a calendar go. year since the Bears have won a game." I want to say it's coming up on like a uh, week or two. I will tell you, when was the Bears last win? It was because sometime last like October. Everybody's always saying like the Bears haven't won since Elon Musk bought Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Every Every national, like American, professional American sports team has won a game since Elon Musk has bought Twitter, except for the Chicago Bears. And I don't know if that'll happen this season. Gotta love it. Let's see. The Bears' bye week is. I don't know what week it is. Okay, so they do not have a bye week in the next three weeks, including tonight. If they lose their next three games, which is tonight against the Commanders. Next week against the Vikings and the mm-hmm. following week against the Raiders, they will have officially eclipsed a calendar year I of losing. I think the Raiders game is going to be fireworks because it's going to be all about can the Bears go a year without winning a game. Especially with two teams that suck. I think that would be hysterical. Yeah, I actually want to watch that, that game. Especially if uh, Garoppolo still hurts so we can see Justin Fields trying to outplay Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. To be fair, though, it's not like the with the Bears losing – that's kind of a diamond in the rough when you think about it because 
they have the first and most likely the way the Carolina Panthers are playing. They'll probably get the first and second overall pick this year. You could take that first pick, and if Fields can build off of last week and keep going with that, you use that first overall pick on a very good like piece around him. Because don't get me wrong, DJ Moore's good. We've probably seen the peak of Darnell Mooney a couple years ago with like barely 1,000 yards, and I don't know how much better. But DJ Moore is a two, and then drafting Marvin Harrison Jr., who was, in my opinion, the best fo- like wide receiver prospect since like Calvin Johnson. Honestly, like I think he's that good. And you take him first overall, which is crazy, kind of. And then with that second overall pick for a team that needs a QB, that needs that Caleb Williams or that Drake May, they package a lot for like a couple young pieces and on defense. Maybe a team like the Commanders, if Sam Howell can't figure it out and they get a guy like Chase Young. And then do that. But do you think the build around the offense and defense a little bit? But do you think that a team like the Commanders would be willing, like, oh, we have a bad quarterback and a good offense? Do you think they're willing to trade three or four pieces of their defense to continue having a bad offense with a young, promising quarterback and then dismantling their one thing that makes them good? The offense wouldn't be that bad though if they're able to get Caleb Williams. Because Sam Howell, I, I, they're not even bad with Sam Howell. I know I'm saying, but Caleb Williams is just a better prospect than than Sam Howell. And I don't know how good Sam Howell can be when we've seen, like, the potential of Caleb Williams is there. And he could be one of the best in the league. I don't think Sam Howell will ever, at his peak, be a top 15 quarterback. I just don't think he has the ability to. I mean, I could see that. But if you're the commanders, say Sam Howell leads you to a 500 season, why would you be like, oh, we have a I quarterback know. who's in his first year starting. Let's That's just trade him. And if they don't. Sam Howell, like, has a couple of the weeks in a row, like, keep stringing these games that he had, like, uh, like last week with, like, the four picks and a fumble or whatever it was. If he keeps stringing bad games like that here and, that, like, and consistently keeps playing bad, maybe you well, move on. with four picks and a fumble, and they almost beat the Eagles. That's how good the defense is. So that's where you get a really I, – I get what uh, you're actually, saying, but you'd really got to be – especially with Chase Young, like, you got to be very, very careful yeah, about that, handling that kind of stuff. That bad week came two weeks ago against the Bills. That's what it was. Because last week he played really well against the Eagles. Okay, yeah. Which, that's a very good game, I will not lie. But if you're if Sam Howell continues playing bad or starts to play bad and sticks with it, why would you be like, okay, we'll stick with him when you have arguably the best draft class we've seen in three or four years and we don't know the next time we'll see one this good again? Because you have guys like Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix. Uh, Penix. Penix, whatever. Uh, Bonex, Shador Sanders. You have five like potential studs in that draft. Which means you don't have to trade up for the second pick, though. Unless one of them really, really stands out as being way above the rest, you could be like, well, we're going to be like the like eighth Williams, to tenth pick, so we can probably just get one of them anyway by then. So probably. It'd be one thing if you took Caleb Williams and put him in the draft class two years ago where it's like Kenny Pickett's the top quarterback, then you're probably like, oh, shit, we had to trade up to one. But say you're the Pan- or not the Panthers, the uh, Commanders like we're talking about. Say Sam Howell doesn't work out, and you have Bears 1 and 2. What's stopping you from trading the third or fourth pick, and then you get Drake May? You don't have to give up all like all that capital the way you're talking about, and you still get another perennial star f- potential franchise quarterback. Plus, if the Bears just want to blow it up, they may keep both picks, yeah. draft Caleb Williams, and a de- mm-hmm. the best defensive player in the yeah. draft as well. So mm-hmm. that's what I've been saying. Cole's yeah, been saying that, that they need to trade and get a defensive haul. I don't really know what of a what kind of defensive haul. I'm not saying get. like a crazy defensive haul. I'm just saying like two because they what they need to focus on is their D line. I 
because they have a good they have Max a, Crosby from the Raiders. That's what that's that's one team I mentioned. I said the Raiders are got to be willing to blow it up soon because it's not going to work. You get Max Crosby, and honestly, that's really all you need for the second pick. If they'd even give you Max Crosby, that's the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, like, that's, they have yeah, to still want to give. But I mean, with the, how the Raiders are going, they're yeah. Because who, wh- so. where Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo and Aiden O'Connell are going to get you to the like absolute mo- most like the most mid eight and nine or nine and eight you'll ever like you've ever seen, and that's the maximum of their potential. So if they they got to be willing to blow it up sometime, you potentially get a Max Crosby for that second overall pick. And then you keep Justin Fields, and you draft Marvin Harrison, and then get Max Crosby, and then that team right there, if Fields is able to like build off that game last week, I'm saying, they could be a very solid team. Because Marvin Harrison Jr. I think will be like a top ten receiver in like two or three years. I agree. I mean, he could be a top fifteen receiver his rookie year. He's insane. Or you want to go to a team like the Falcons because the Falcons will be a team that are like. They're winning games, so they'll be like a ten to twenty, probably like a twelve to twenty pick. So there's a chance all five of these quarterbacks are gone by then, if they're like good enough. And they will need because you're not going to stick with Desmond Ritter again. There's no way you can. If you're trying to get over the hump with all these young pieces, you have to get a good quarterback now, and Desmond Ritter will not be that. So maybe a team like the Falcons would potentially be willing to trade for that second pick, and get the best QB to maximize their odds of being good. Quicker. But if you have all these young guys, do you think that the Falcons are willing to trade for Justin Fields, or do you think they want to trade for an actual rookie? Because Fields has a little bit of experience, and you think, like, oh, you know, like, if he puts it together, now is our time. But if you, ha- you have okay. pieces that if are, they- like, now is your time, and you have a rookie quarterback. Okay, then if they trade Fields, then you get a decent, somewhat of a haul for Fields, and then you keep the one and two picks, so you draft Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, and then get, like, still a defensive haul, and then sh- you're still potentially just as good as – you would be if you kept Fields. I know. I wasn't trying to tear down your. I know. I know. I know. I'm just saying, like that's what it would look like. So they trade for Fields, and you can just be like, okay, I'll take Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison, and then take a couple defensive guys for Fields, and then we're better than what we just were, and that's what we're going for. So we keep talking about how the Bears need to blow it up after not blow it up, but like how they can blow it they up this offseason. Could season. definitely trade a couple pieces to get better defensively. Do we think it's a possibility the Bears turn anything around this season? No. I think at this point they're kind of embracing the tank, knowing the stipulation that they could get the first and second overall pick. They've got to fire their coaching staff by midseason. Yeah. They're the play calling. It's just not, not there. They called the same play four times in a row against the Buccaneers, and that's how Justin Fields threw one of his pick sixes. They said they called the same screenplay three times or four times in a row, and Shaquille Barrett picked it off because it was a screenplay that he's seen the th- – three straight times, and then picked it off and took it to the end zone. That's just not good play calling. I think I could tell you that from not ever being a coach in football in my life. One thing I don't understand is why they still are not playing to Justin Fields' strength. Because last year, when everyone's like, oh, watch out for Justin Fields, he could be a breakout guy. He ran for 1143 yards. He had 160 carries in 15 games. It's almost 11 carries per game. This year, through the four games, He's averaging only seven carries a game, so that's about three and a half, four carries down from last year. And his yards per carry has dropped two and a half yards. So it's like if you have one of the best potential rushing quarterbacks in the league, like he's already insane, he could continue to get better. 
if you develop him as a passer, why are you not letting him run at all? You're playing him only as a passer, and then it just eliminates the one and strength your team he has. Sucks. So by not letting him run, you're just hurting your team long term because exactly. now it's just putting doubt into his mind as mm-hmm. well as your fan base hates the guy and hates your team. Like, or you, your fan base feels bad for the guy, which is also never good for your team. Like it, that's the whole thing. If they're worried about him getting hurt, why do you care if he gets hurt at this point? You guys are so bad; it doesn't make a difference. You gotta at least try to do something. Like I, maybe they tried something good against Denver, but that still didn't even work. So you gotta. I, I don't know. I want to say garbage, a couple garbage franchise. Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I want to say they said we're we're gonna start doing a couple more designed runs for fields, and I don't think they ran many more than what they've been doing all year. And this whole situation reminds me of what's happening in Detroit with Jimmy or Gibbs. It's like, oh, we're going to use him in a different way. Like, you've Ways never you've seen never before. Seen before or a position and you don't even know exists. And that's and and that position is right bench. Like, yeah. he's getting less and less carries, I swear, every week. And don't get me wrong, David Montgomery was a 1,000-yard rusher. That was two, three years ago. Jameer Gibbs has the potential to be, like, a 1,400-yard rusher and, like, a very good receiving back, too. But they just don't utilize him, and that throws me off, too. Like, just whatever's happening in the NFC North is not – good I, j- I just don't know and the crazy it's part crazy. to me is that jameer gibbs has about 80 less rushing yards than david montgomery in one uh he has one more game but he's 30 less carries than david montgomery and it's like how are they like sort of similar production and they it, he's just not getting the ball i mean yes i understand they're throwing the ball he's got 14 receptions on 18 targets and montgomery's got three catches on three targets so they are still getting gibbs the ball that way but they brought him in being like, oh, he's going to be explosive. He's a playmaker. And then they just don't throw it to him. Like, they, they don't – I mean, they throw it to him. They just don't give him the ball, like, in general. I thought it was going to be a mix between Kamara and Debo. Like, yep. I thought that's what they were going to try and use him for. And they just yeah. decided not to use him for anything. Yeah. Like, coming into the dra- – like, coming into this season, I want to say, like, when they did the rookie comparisons, I'm pretty sure Jameer Gibbs was, Al- like, Alvin Kamara. Like, the just the guy that – he will never, like, eclipse 1,000 or 1,000 like McCaffrey, but he'll get, like, a good, like – 900 of both in like 10 to 15 touchdowns and we are not seeing any of that we might see him get like 400 of each at this point with like four touchdowns i saw a stat the other day that did say that even before camara was camara his rookie year mark ingram ran for like 1200 yards and double digit touchdowns so it's like yeah i wonder yes we saw camara kind of break out towards the end of the year but that's what people are saying that maybe Gibbs does. That's like the first six, seven, eight weeks. They're just kind of letting, holding him back. And then once it's kind of go time, like you ramp up towards the playoffs, you're kind of going all in. That's whenever you're giving your guys the ball. But real fast, I also do want to shout out Austin again. He just saw my B-reel and replied, the Crescent Sports Report, let's go, in all caps. Then says pumped, and then replies again, says absolutely pumped. So Absolutely pumped to hear from you, buddy. Yeah, yeah it, uh, Austin's number one fan out there, that's for sure. But – so, this is – we got a Thursday game. Uh, Jets have one at some point this season. Terrible transition, but I would like to talk about the Jets last week. <laughs> Cole, Cole finds my awful transition apparently entertaining because he can't control himself right now. You know, Thursday games, they got something in common. Zach Wilson. We how just talk about bad teams with should-be-better quarterbacks. No, no, no. It's a <laughs> Thursday game. That's all they have in common. So, Zach Wilson, how about him? I mean, heck of a game. They they did again. We we don't miss on this podcast. We said they should take the training wheels off, let them play a little bit, let them throw it around, and what happens? They almost beat the Chiefs. Like 
if it weren't for the refs and Chris they, Collinsworth, I mean, they are doing what they Taylor they're Swift is carry is backpacking the Chiefs right yes. now. But the Jets with Zach Wilson this past week are doing what the Bears should be doing. They played exactly to Zach like Zach Wilson's strengths. Zach Wilson got drafted on his pro day throw, like one like shorts in a t shirt. Like yeah, off balance, kind of just lofted it back shoulder almost, and that's what they did. Like in a like an entire drive, Zach Wilson only threw like five or like threw five or six consecutive back shoulder balls and got into the end zone in those five or six plays. That's what the Bears need to be doing. And the when you see the Jets, like the Jets do it with their up to this point awful quarterback, and he plays really well. Clearly, that's like a sign. Like maybe play to their strengths and they'll be better. And it's not even like the Bears are like, oh, what is this? Like, they invented fire. The Bears did this last year, and Justin Fields looked good, and everyone's like, oh, breakout quarterback of the year. And then they go away from what they were doing correct, and it screws Justin Fields up so far this year. Like, their team has not been any good. But, uh, like Cole said, those back shoulder throws were a thing of beauty. There was – he looked like best quarterback in the league potential on some on that one, one of the drives at least. Like, this is – I'm not saying the entire game, hell no, but – some of those, it's like he would be, be like, okay, here's a blitz. Let me check into protection here. He'd bring one of the tight ends, bring him back in, uh, into the line, protect extra. And you've got corners running to the sidelines, back shoulder throw on a dime, gets the, gets the throw there. And then he just keeps throwing, and he's all confidence that game too. Like he was ripping throws that beforehand you'd see him either pump fake and then take a sack, or you'd see him rip it into the stands. He's not throwing this to his receiver. Like that throw to Alan Lazard, he fit that into a t- such a tight window and literally, if he puts it anywhere else, it's either not caught by Lazard or it's picked off. Like, that was a beautiful throw. Just the entire drive was fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's like the team rally. Fine. Like, the team was excited to play. Like, they were they were locked in. It was a completely different vibe around the entire team, the entire game. And he took the blame at the end, which good move by him. And, of course, the team all backed him for it. Like, it seems like the locker room is shifting their ideas about it, so... I mean, to be fair, it is pretty simple for when when the quarter. It is pretty simple for the quarterback to take responsibility for the loss when they when they know they played really well. That's true. Yeah, you know, they go out there. At, least you, I, that's at just the a, same time, just a meme I saw on the internet. At the yeah. same time, that means he's confident in himself because he knew he played a great game. That's mm-hmm. a good sign because beforehand he may have not said anything because he's like, Damn, like last year I when he threw suck. like when he threw like a pick in seventy yards and we lost on a walk off punt to the Patriots and he's like. Nah, I did enough to get this to get us this win, and it's like. To be fair, he was never lacking. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, though, that means he was never lacking confidence, though. Yeah, He's sure. just lacking the accountability. Part. Maybe he was fake. I feel like that was more fake confidence, but I felt like he yeah. finally. We'll, we'll see how this week goes. Yes. They got a very good opportunity this week. That's what yet I'm another terrible defense. So he could definitely like. I understand it's a bad defense, but by you go out there, you put up another like a little forty burger on the Broncos D. That's only going to build your confidence even more. Like two, like string together two excellent games, and then he might be back to what we were expecting and wanting out of him from the beginning. Yeah, I'm. I don't remember if I mentioned this in the episode last week, but this is what I was thinking: is that you have a good team. You know, you just say let it go. Like we're probably going to lose this week anyway. Zach, just go out and play like yourself. Just do you. And then the following week, like if it goes well in the game that you have no chance. The following week, you have a bad team. You just say, all right, build on it, do yourself again, and then you beat that team, which is exactly what we're hoping to do because I believe it was last week we had four games coming up where it's like you had two groups of two where it's like good team, bad team, and then a good team, and then a bad team. So you have an easy shot to do that. And like we were talking about, Zach looked fantastic against the Chiefs, got the Broncos this week. So I'm hoping that he can build on it. 
all I'm saying is last week against the Chiefs when he threw those two touchdowns, that was the first game in his career that he had thrown more than one touchdown in a game and had not thrown an interception. He's had a few three inter- like three touchdown games, but he at least he threw interceptions in those. Um, he actually, no, I, that's a lie. He's never thrown three touchdowns in a game. Um, but he has thrown for 300 yards, I think, twice in his career. And both of those times, I believe he had multiple interceptions. So he has yet to have a three-touchdown game or a 300-yard game that did not have an interception. So he was close last week. I think that if we uh, force that field goal from Mahomes or we get that pick like we should have had, then he realistically has a chance to or break. Or Greg Zerline doesn't miss a 35-yard field goal or whatever it was. Very true. That's also very true. Um, just a lot of plays there that I was kind of angry about because it felt like it would we would kept shooting ourselves in the foot or just not capitalize It's you know drop pick, and then we let Mahomes sit in the pocket for 25 seconds and then roll out for a 25-yard gain, and then we get a defensive holding, and we miss a miss a field goal. It was just – it felt like one thing after another we break our own backs. Going off of what you said about the Jets' schedule, they do have the Broncos this week, which I think is a surefire win. Even though they're – better. I, I'm, lo- I'm looking at the lines. Denver is projected to win by two and a half. Yes, so they are, which I which kind of Which kind of confuses me. I'm taking um, Jets. They play the Eagles after that, which Eagles only – Favored by six and a half. I think they will probably win by like ten. But I think Zach Wilson could have another good game. The Eagles defense just has not looked their like their twenty twenty two selves. Like their their secondary is just kind of in shambles right now with a couple of injuries and just losing a couple of their good guys from last year. Uh, and then they got the Giants who have another been two outscored and a half like a hundred and twenty. Yeah. The Giants who have been outscored by like a hundred and ten points this season. So I think I think the Jets realistically have three sh- Zach Wilson has another three games in a row where he could definitely play like up to last week, and kind of like are projected to win twice the rest of the season, only against the Falcons and the Texans. They're not favored against the Commanders. Mm, it says off. I don't know what that means. Uh, wait, where's this at? This is the we talking Giants or Jets here? Jets, Jets, Commanders. Sorry, I was looking at the Giants schedule. Uh, yet, and I was not sure which one we were. Mm-hmm. Um. So my guess is right now is that it, would, it looks like a push, but I don't know. It's They're just gonna like a die. Completely fifty-fifty no, shot. What's he doing here? But I don't know. I mean, realistically, like if Zach goes out and has a damn good game against the Broncos, and then we play the Eagles at home, I think that line definitely moves because a you see better performance out of the uh, Jets quarterback, mm-hmm. and then b the energy that's going to be there because the Jets have been waiting forever to for this team to like, have promise or whatever. And then you go at home playing against another top team. Those fans are going to be going crazy, especially off two weeks where it's like they're like, holy shit, Zach Wilson might be good. The only problem with that game, though, is that, yes, the Eagles' secondary is kind of buns. Their D-line is still just as good as it was. And the Jets' Better. O-line is – Jets' O-line has looked far improved, though. Like, this is not the same Jets from week one that tore Aaron Rodgers' Achilles in four snaps. This or was week two where they let up, like, six sacks against the Cowboys or whatever it was. Probably one, it was actually only, like, three. But they let up QB pressure, like, every single sack – or every single play. Yeah, it was, like, half of Zach Wilson's dropbacks he was pressured on. And then he also scrambled, like, six times, and those aren't even included in his dropbacks. But, yeah, I mean, the – First two weeks, those are kind of a wash. I mean, the, it was kind of – I mean, we won week one, so I don't know if I'd call it a wash. But I'd say for the, the Jets because O-line. it's like – From the O-line, O-line yeah, You're just like, wash. all right, you know, forget it, move on. All we can do is improve. And they looked a lot better the last two weeks, I would say. So I'm hoping that this week against the Broncos do the same, and then it's just kind of like the entire offense is turning a page. 
And then in the locker room, they do the same thing because there have definitely been reports that people don't back Zach Wilson. But if he puts up another game like he did this past week, how do you not do that? Especially as your locker, as the guys in the locker room, because what option do you have? You don't back Zach Wilson, then it's just like, oh shit, you know, guess we're screwed. Yep. That's kind of my whole thing with Zach because Cole gives me shit all the time where I try to be optimistic with Zach, and he's like, oh, you're just being optimistic like just give it up just give it up there's no reason to be positive he hasn't looked any good i'm like what am i supposed to do just be pissed off the whole time and hate football season at least i'm like if he makes a good throw I'll be like all right there we go zach to and be i try fair to be though, positive to be fair though no matter how good or bad he plays that team still always finds a way to lose so you're always pissed off and mad no matter if you believe in him or not so but we play ourselves into some games that you would be surprised where it's like we lost to the chiefs and we shot ourselves in the foot and it's like we expected to get smoked that game at least i expected to get smoked that game and then we played ourselves into that game, and we shot ourselves in the foot a bunch of times and only lost by three. Like, that was one where I was angry afterwards. But going into the game, if you'd have told me, like, oh, you have a reason to be angry about this game being so close, I'd have been like, hell yeah. And, like, after the game, was I angry? Absolutely. Had I also had, like, three or four drinks during the game? Also, absolutely. So <laughs> that, may pay, that may play into it a little bit. But, you know, it's, I'm, I'm 21. It's legal. I can enjoy myself at a bar watching a sports game. Gave me a look there like it wasn't allowed or something, Cole. You were disapproving there. I was not. I was just laughing. It was your delivery. That's fair. But they're speaking of uh, disappointing teams, this team probably also has a Thursday night game this year. So that uh, plays into – yes, they do. They do have a Thursday night game. So that plays into my segue. The Bengals. What do you – Sit the quarterback, please. Call it an L. Just be done. Move on. Just call it, call the season, you're done. I think if you have a time to sit out Joe Burrow, it's it should have been these past two weeks because you're playing the Titans. It should be this week because they play the Cardinals. That's what I'm saying. Like it should have been the like this week and last week. You're playing the Titans. I mean, you made the Titans look a whole lot better. But that's because Joe Burrow didn't look any good, and it's not been fantastic. I think the fact that his calf is still not healed is a lot more concerning than people thought. It was like going into the season, people were like, oh, he'll be back by the end of the year or by the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And now it's just like he can't extend plays at all. Like you realize how much more athletic he is than you thought he was and how much more his game relied on that. It's like it feels like he can't put any pressure on it. Like anytime he tries to extend a play or tries to make that like step up out of the pocket or roll out, like he can't do it. It feels like he just has nothing to give. I don't know. You said it should have been one of these past two weeks. Realistically, it should have been week one. So you didn't give that chance, like you, you for sure know it's healed by then. Oh yeah, it definitely should have been week one, but I, like this is saying that's when right when he got hurt, the report was like six to eight weeks, and though that six to eight week threshold came in like a couple weeks into the season, he definitely should have sat out week one. Probably should have sat out week two, honestly, and then Foley is healed and then is back healthy the rest of the season instead of throwing him out there unhealthy and then getting his calf re-injured. Or re like aggravating it after like in the third week or whatever, and then now he's back to like just as bad as what he was before. They gotta call it. I'm looking at their schedule. This is a brutal schedule. Like Cardinals, whatever. Seahawks, gonna get to the quarterback. It's what they do. Niners, you're bad. Game. Niners might kill Bills, him. Bills, bad game. Texans, Texans by then so. midseason form. Texans, I feel like are gonna be a solid team. CJ Stroud, Ravens, Steelers, Steelers. Hopefully, figure out. Defense. They've got at least a good defense. Their offense yeah. is terrible. I've Their seen Jaguars, kind of who again I think are gonna keep getting better as the season goes on. Colts, we're all right. 
Vikings. Duck. Okay, that's probably a good spot for you. Maybe you can bring Burrow back by the Vikings game and win that one if he's healthy. And then again, you got the brutal Steelers. Then you have to play the Chiefs, which is not looking Browns, good. Browns, who was like I think sent like three people to the hospital yeah. the last time they Miles played. Miles Garrett trying to smack oh, no, people was, with his helmet. Never mind, those Steelers and Ravens or Steelers and Browns. Never mind. But back what I said. Just they just need to call it the season. He's if he's not healthy, you're not going to win. Yeah. So why exactly. why play him through the injury, especially if you think he's just going to get you to the playoffs? And then you hope for a miracle playoff run. Mm-hmm. But if he's hurt because you played him all season, you're not going to have a miracle playoff exactly. run. And you're yeah. just going to have a better chance of getting him hurt for real and worse than just a calf strain, and then you're in big trouble. Yep. And he's they, your franchise. He is the franchise. His, his name is Joe Franchise. Yes. And they're sticking with him, too. Like, they're saying, like, no, we don't think he has to sit out. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you're coming into this week having, like, if before the season started, everyone's like, yeah, Cardinals are going to be the worst team in the league. Like, did people expect the Cardinals to have a win right now? No, probably not. Did people expect this win to be against the Cowboys? Absolutely not. But the fact that Josh Dobbs has outplayed Joe Burrow this year is crazy. He has two more touchdowns than Joe Burrow, and it's not even like Josh Dobbs has that many touchdowns. He has four. So Joe Burrow's thrown two touchdowns. It's not like uh, Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's thrown to a way better, way better set of guys. Exactly. Jamar Chase is the leading receiver for the the Bengals. He's still got T. Higgins out there as well. So it's like you think. And Tyler Boyd. Exactly. So you got like an insane one, two, three. The Cardinals leading receiver is Marquise Brown, like the same Marquise Brown that got shipped out of Baltimore because he was such a bad wide receiver, one that he had to go to Arizona to be the wide receiver, too. Yeah, the problem, I've before you continue, the Bengals need to be like the Bills are and basically be a dominant play-action team, which they could because they have the rushing attack with Mixon, but they can't because Joe Burrow has no mobility. He can't roll out and make the play-action throws. So they're screwed like because they're trying to do this just pass attack that they did the past couple of years, which worked. But clearly it's not working anymore because people know that's what they're doing. They need to do what the Bills are doing, which is why the Bills look unstoppable right now, and turn into a fully play-action team because they have such a good running game. But they can't. Mm-hmm. So just sit the guy. I, I just don't get it. Like, like props to Joe Burrow for wanting to play because Lamar Jackson would have already sat out. Yes. But it's, it's got to protect the player. And the thing the is, is, like, you look at – and it's not like – it's very evident that he's still hurt. You look – like, a couple weeks ago they did a zoom-in on Joe Burrow, and you could see, like – his right leg is like a third of the size of his left leg. His yeah, like his calf is it's very t- it's tiny. Like I don't know if it was like insanely taped and it like compressed it, but like it just it looked just, so skinny. It looked like a third of the size of what it should be and what it usually is. And I I really I hope that they sit him because this week, even if you play Jake Browning, you're their backup. They still have a chance to win, mm-hmm. but. I don't think they're going to because at this point now they're one and three. They're almost like, oh, well, let's play them against the Cardinals, see if we can win, and then we can sit them out next week against the Seahawks where we have no chance of winning. But, I mean, I think the only way that they sit him is if he plays against the Cardinals this week and then looks terrible and they're like, okay, then there's something up. Or he gets real in, for real injured and has to miss time because of that injury and then he rehabs both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm almost hoping for like, it's going to sound bad, but I'm almost hoping for, like, a minor concussion or something. So it's like, oh, he barely has to sit out. What are you flipping me off for? He's my fantasy quarterback. I don't want him. I don't want him to get a minor concussion. I just want him to sit out, like, you maybe one week. give you seven points a week. I just want him to sit out, like, one week, not, like, multiple. A minor concussion has you sit out one week. Anthony Richardson got, like, he missed the rest of his game for a minor concussion and then barely missed out on the one game that he didn't start and then came back the next week. and then was a dog. Exactly, and took him to overtime and let it come back. So that's all I'm saying is 
it's almost like a blessing in disguise because if you continue to just keep running him out there with a bum calf and like yeah. no other injury happens, like yes, he stays healthy, which is nice, but then you don't see the same Joe Burrow and yeah. then potentially risks future success whenever you get a minor concussion, you miss one game, calf maybe heals up a little bit more, and then he comes out from like firing from the gates and it's like, oh shit, there's the Joe Burrow that we haven't seen the first five weeks of the season. And if anyone doesn't know how just how bad he has been, uh, usually coming into fantasy he is like a he's a quarterback that is projected about twenty one and a half points a game. He is currently at, uh projected sixteen, and it's not normal for a quarterback's projected points to go down five and a half in three to four weeks. That just takes playing that bad. So that's just to put it in per, into perspective for anyone, because sixteen and a half for a quarterback that's usually considered top three in the league is not good. And they're a prior Super Bowl contender with they, one win. Yes. Yeah. Daniel Jones has 40 more yards passing than Joe Burrow. Which is crazy. That has, puts it more under perspective. That's has, crazy. has two touchdowns and six interceptions compared to Joe Burrow's two touchdowns, two interceptions, and has a four, has a QBR rating four points higher than Joe Burrow's. But Joe Burrow is definitely healthy enough to play, according to the Bengals. You, um, that, that's crazy. Like, Zach Wilson is almost... Better like Zach Wilson has a higher QBR rating than Joe Burrow. He has like ten less passing yards, and he was coming into the season as a backup. Like he was coming into the season where people were like, "Hell no! If this guy plays, I am stopping being a Jets fan." Like it's fucking Gardner Minshew has the same amount of passing touchdowns as Joe Burrow, and Gardner Minshew has played like a game and a half. And the thing is, is like, I think if this was his left leg, it wouldn't be as bad. But it's his right leg. That's a leg that's going to take like him kind of like drive off to like to throw. Like he gets no power behind any of these throws. He's throwing all arm. I think the furthest ball he's thrown all seasons might like might might have been fifteen to twenty yards. And besides that, like he like usually he's gonna he's able to throw those deep balls to Jamar Chase like a good forty to fifty yards. He can't get it like twenty because he has no drive off the back leg because of the calf. Keenan Allen and Derrick Henry combined had the same amount of passing touchdowns as Joe Burrow, and they have combined for two passes this season. Now I'm just reaching for it, but like it, still, I'm still trying I mean, to put it in perspective. Like he's what? Played what? Yes. Three, four games. Four games. Four games. Two touchdowns. That's not Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. And if it is Joe Burrow, then the Bengals are gonna turn into the Bengals of the past, where I don't remember who was that coach that they had forever that just sucked. I know. Uh, I you know will. who I'm talking about, but I forget who what his name was. But it was the coach they had like the past, like before, right before Joe Burrow got here. It was like the past, like. Five years. Is it Marvin Lewis? Yes, who gets them to the playoffs with Andy Dalton. They're a great team. Everybody knows they're great, and then they get upset every single first round. See, I could picture him, just could not remember the name. Yeah. But actually, you know what? I said earlier that I'm reaching for it with uh, Derrick Henry, Keenan Allen. I'm not reaching for it. They've thrown two combined passes. It'd be one thing if it was week one. Be like, oh, they combined for the same amount. Throwing two touches in the game is not bad. But the fact that we're four weeks in, and he was like, and he's been in like, Best quarterback in the game conversations. I mean, obviously, realistically, we know he's not the best quarterback in the game. But if you can put, but he's him at arguments, yeah, yeah. But if he's at arguments, and you can put him in that echelon with you know Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. Mahomes then why is he only ha- why does he only have two picks or two with, touchdowns with through like the first four, four like weeks? Five hundred yards. Yeah, it's like yeah, seven hundred seven hundred twenty eight. Seven hundred twenty eight thousand. Yeah, and the team has looked horrendous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's just kind. Of, it, it's not even baffling on why Joe Burrow is playing bad, I think it's baffling as to what the hell the Bengals are doing. That's more of what agree. my question is. It sounds like there's just a ba- like a lot of just bad franchises in the NFL. 
That's like going through, through this through. just sounds like they're just, just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Put us in charge. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone, some big donor, buy the Bengals and give us Let the us GM, three the coach, and the, I don't know. Someone buy the else. Bears and the Bengals so us three can run both of those teams and play both of them to their strengths and then let the other one sit out. Play if one. We, if we win team. one game the entire season, us three I is, think the, we're entire, already is the entire coaching staff and the GM. I I feel like we should just like remain, I guess, the head coaches of those teams. Yes. Or I don't know. I could go sit at a busy intersection in since or in Chicago and just put like you know, so, you know, there's obviously intersections where people are like asking for money. I could just put on there like Raising money to buy the Bears, and I'm willing to bet that Chicago people are like, hell you yeah, get a hell yeah, brother. Money. I and genuinely think you would get a lot of money for that. Yeah, and and I mean, some people be like, haha, it's funny, and then put it on the uh, like put it on social media. But even then, you know, I link a GoFundMe or something. Exactly. Or you put like, or you put like a petition for um. Cole swallowed the mic there for a second, <laughs> yeah. trying to eat it. Get hungry. <laughs> That's my bad. Or you put like a petition, like sign this petition to get me as head coach. You'd probably get. Like double the amount of change. dot com signers as you get donors for whatever you said. Yeah, it's I bet a lot of people there are trying to get their coach out too. That's definitely that's for sure. But so I mean, talked about a few teams. Uh, Cole, how about you want to lead it off with? Uh, how about them Cowboys? I knew that's what he was gonna do. That's why I, I was gonna give it to him. We have looked like the best team in the NFL Minus in general, three. besides Week Three, which we just didn't come ready to play. We were a little just dismantled. We had, I don't, I don't even know how to explain that game. It was just not very good. That was your first game without Diggs, right? First game without Diggs, and in that game, we were running a man coverage. It was pretty evident. They motioned across. Someone followed. It's pretty evident. It was a, pretty evident. It was a man coverage uh, scheme, and in they snapped the ball, and Jordan Lewis, who is our sub for Diggs at this point. Just didn't know it was man, got confused, stayed in the zone, and the guy he was supposed to be guarding just wide open about 30 yards down the field, and it was a pretty good chunk play. I think if Diggs is on that, or is in that play, probably a sack. That's just me. You guys know you're uh, expected to lose by four points this week, right? I'm surprised it's not higher because I – the Niners are probably the best team in the league. That's why I said we look like one of the best because I just don't think we are the best. I think that's the Niners, but I think we're like three or four. Our problem is that our red zone play calling is horrendous. We do deci- we decide to just instead of just like getting our receiver and C D Lamb open, who's like top seven this year, I don't know why we aren't like scheming to get him open or running him plays like running plays for him. We're running plays for Jake Ferguson, who is terrible as a tight end when it comes to like the grand scheme of tight ends. Hey, but he's a goat in 2K. Yeah. It's a little sidebar. We, Me and Troy played him in 2K. That's why he said that. Matched up against him in a wreck he game. He beat us by like 30. Gave us the work. Uh, we were kind of pissed off because it was one of those where he would just like run in the paint and dunk every time. We're like, dude, like how is he getting his animations? Like there's four people. He's the point guard. Let me just like standing dunk on the center. And then we came to the conclusion that 2K is paying off professional athletes or anyone with a logo by giving them the good animations and guaranteeing wins so they sell the game. That's what the that's conspiracy theory with that we agreed upon during that game. But back to Cole for yeah. Cowboys. So back to what I was saying. Uh, Jake Ferguson, as a if he's your starting tight end, that's just not a good look. And we're scheming plays for him. We're scheming plays for Michael Gallup, who don't get me wrong, is solid, but he's our wide receiver three. We have two receivers on the team better than him. 
I don't know. We're trying to get him the ball. Tony Pollard's good. If we ran like gave him running plays that were good, but we're trying to do like tosses and slip screens, and we're like throwing the ball backwards like four or five yards, and then having the blockers like go out ahead of them and like try to like make a way for him, like just run the ball up the middle with Pollard and get him into the end zone. I don't know why we're trying to do all this fancy shit and it's not working. And our red zone has been like we. I think it said we've converted about. 30% of the time in the red zone. That's horrendous. That's like bottom two in the league, I believe it said. That's like my main concern right now. Dax looked very good. Minus that pick against the Cardinals that kind of sealed it. That pick That's, was terrible. That was really bad. It's that a bad was, pick. That was worse than Mahomes' picks. Who the hell is he supposed to throw it in that situation? Tell me. Out of bounds. It was fourth down. Better than throwing a pick. I don't think so. At least it, some. I mean, it wasn't very good, but I, there's a chance like it goes through someone's hands, like goes through that guy's hands, and somehow Cooks could catch it. We saw it five times yesterday in our IM football game. Like, there's a chance that could have happened. Everyone else, no one else can get separation. Brandon Cooks was the only one somewhat open. Dak there probably needs to throw it like equal with, with the upright or like the crossbar of the upright or whatever. But he didn't. He threw it like probably three feet over the guy's head, which is a easy pick. Don't get me wrong, terrible ball, but it's fourth down. We're down 12. We need a touchdown. The only guy open is him. He had to throw that ball. I don't think it was that bad. I agree that's what you have to do, but, like, watching the film, you're like, oh, damn. I mean, if you do a little more digging, yes, I agree that it's – I mean, just look at the whole – when you in general, if that was, like, a, if that was anything but fourth down, that's one of the worst picks I've ever seen. Knowing that's fourth down and we're down 12, I'm okay with him throwing that pick. Yeah, it he had to do some context. We should like call in Dad one episode that we're talking about the Cowboys and just be like, "Hey, now for our next caller, press the button." He just comes on, just rants the whole time. I asked Dad about that pick and he agreed with me. He said the only problem was that he probably needed to throw it like higher at the upright. But he said like, wh- "Who? What else was he supposed to do? Throw it at C.D. Lamb, who's double covered, not open. Jake Ferguson, who was also not open, or Tony Pollard, who also was not open. He had to throw it. He had to throw it to Cooks." That was completely okay with that pick. It's fair. So uh, going forward now, what do you what do you, what have you thought of Duran Bland so far stepping up in Diggs' he, absence? Not he's not stepping up in Diggs' absence. Well, he's elevating. From I mean, technically, he's, three I mean, he went, he's gone from nickel. Or, he's gone from nickel corner to, to CB two. But I mean, exactly. I mean, I mean, like I'm he wasn't stepping up like he wasn't playing before. He was already like, playing, so it's not really anything new. But I'm very satisfied. He has looked like a top. I'd say 15 to 20 corners so far because we have Stephon Gilmore. He's looked like a top 10, 15 corner as well. We've, we had a very set, very good set of cornerbacks. I think when Diggs was healthy, we had the best secondary and just the best best defense in general in the league. But now without Diggs, we need – I'm not even worried about Duran playing. He can play how, however he's been playing. I'm worried about Jordan Lewis, and from the past, he just does not look good. So far in the – Two games, or the one game that he did, like the first game he started, he looked terrible. The second game was all right because we played the Patriots. Their offense is kind of just in shambles too because Mac Jones sucks. I mean, I don't know. We just, Jordan Lewis just needs to play better. Deron Bland and Stephon Gilmore have been doing their part. What happened to Kelvin Joseph? We traded him. Two? The Dolphins. Was that in the uh, Noah Igbonag, yeah. whatever you say was, his name? It was a one for one. It was a swap. Um, how do you say that dude's name? I don't I've know. never under like. Never but it was j- it was just a perfect trade. That guy's shown potential in flashes and has been good. Kelvin Joseph has been burnt toast the whole time he's been on the Cowboys. He's just like a reincarnation of Brandon Carr. So, 
that Eli Apple. Uh, I thought Kelvin Joseph though could have been our 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 cornerback two coming into this year before knowing Stephon Gilmore's getting traded and before watching him play last year, knowing he was or seeing he was terrible. But he had the speed, he had the athleticism, he had all that. He just did not have the IQ and the intelligence to put it all together and be a great corner like the other guys on our team do. And that's why we saw him play horrendous and then get traded. Fair. So before this episode, uh, we talked about how I would give my mortal lock of the week. I think I've given three-ish mortal locks uh, in our past episodes. None of them have ever hit. Uh, so this week I'm passing it on to Cole. Yeah, Cole's mortal lock of the week. New I segment. have three mortal locks. If they lose, um, I didn't say them. Then I guess it's my turn. I have. Yeah, if it doesn't hit, then yes. it'll go to Evan. And if that doesn't hit, we'll call in Austin for a mortal lock of the week. Three mortal locks of the week from me. The Eagles over the Rams. Just money line? Yes, money line minus four. What's the spread on that game? Do you think the spread is a mortal lock, or do you think that? The spread is. The spread's, yeah, minus four. That's what I'm saying. That's the mortal lock. Minus four. Eagles minus four. That's oh, what I'm well, saying. I asked oh, money line, and you said oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that's so my bad. Spread. Sorry. I didn't hear you say that. No. Eagles spread minus four. The Dolphins spread against the Giants, which is minus 12. And then the Bills money line or spread against the Jaguars, minus five and a half. Those are my three mortal locks. I don't know if any, I don't know how any of them don't hit. We've seen, we've seen the Dolphins. That's drop, a tricky game, I promise, yeah. We've seen the Dolphins drop 70 on a bad defense. I don't know why they wouldn't do it again. Uh, I just don't see how the Eagles would not beat the Rams by four because I just think the Eagles are just outmatched the Rams like everywhere. And then the Bills, I just also don't see how they lose to the Jaguars the way the Jaguars have been playing this year. Plus the Bills just, just came wait off till, playing the uh, Dolphins and beating them by like 20. The only thing with the Bills is that they're going to London and Jags have already been out there accumulating that time change and jet lags and all that. Which is also kind of weird why the Jags have played in back London back-to-back back weeks. That's going to suck. I don't know why they're scheduling like that, but... The Jaguars must be the favorite team in London. I think that's what they're trying to do is make the Jaguars... Aren't the Jags, like, the only two? Like, don't they play, like, every game in London or every year they have yeah. a game in London? They, I want to say the London... Did the London series just start, like, two years ago? Yeah, and Jags have always the been The Jags, out. the London series, the first time we ever played in London was the Jags versus, I believe... The Texans and the Jags won that game on a slant that they threw with eight seconds left. Got down, spiked it, and kicked a field goal to win by three. So, do you think the Jags just stayed over there? Like, do you think they even came back? No, they did. They had to switch hotels because they like moved venues, so they had to switch hotels. But that they stayed sucks. over there. So, oh, so they stayed over there? Yeah, they stayed in London. Oh, okay, yeah, last I don't know. Week. That's kind of cool. I don't know why they'd come back and then like Team a week AK. later just drive the. Well, it depends on what team. facilities you got at home compared to London. Like, what if you have nothing at well, London? Well, if you have all of those soccer facilities, like they've got state of the art everything, and it's probably honestly better than all the football stadiums because those soccer stadiums are like World Cup approved, and NFL stadiums are not. Very true. Also, another mortal lock: Chiefs minus three and a half over the Vikings. Oh yeah. Mortal lock: the Vikings. After they played last week, the Vikings suck this week. Or s- not even this week. They suck this year. Just Vikings wait this year. Just wait until your mortal lock doesn't hit it for will. the Jags game, and Trevor Lawrence finally remembers that he has Calvin Ridley on his team and throws him the ball. My fantasy teams have been struggling. I was wait all you- in on Same. Ridley this year. I got him in two of my three leagues, and it's just I'm high on T. Higgins. He's like my second favorite receiver in the league besides C. D. Lamb, and because Joe Burrow's leg 
can't heal because they have the dumbest like front office in the league and coaches. T Higgins has looked like poop, and so does my fantasy team. I have a league where I took Jameer Gibbs, DJ Moore, and Calvin Ridley all in the same league. It is safe to say that I am 0-4. I'm 4-0 in the Fiji League. So In the other league that I'm in, I am 4-0. Like, it's my keeper league. And crazy part is I had third overall pick. Took Bijan, and everyone's like, oh, pardon my reach, pardon my reach. What you taking him for? It's a keeper league, and I'm 4-0. So, it nice. worked out. But... So we talked also this is I feel like this week has just been kind of a continuation of last week, just kind of building on what we already said. But, you know, it's not like anything new is coming into the fold. So we talked about the or I haven't talked a little bit about the Ryder Cup, uh, like a little preview. But then it all happened this past week. So I'll kick it to Evan. He can talk about that. Yeah, I talked about how bad our team was. And uh, to conclude, our team sucked. We went they so. I'm not going to get into how the Ryder Cup works, but it's a lot of match play. So instead of just going off of basic strokes, it's about which guy beats the other hole by hole, that kind of stuff. Well, we went 0-4 to start, which is like, I'm pretty sure that's the only time it's ever happened. I was going to say, isn't that the only day we like haven't recorded a point in match play yes. in like Ryder Cup so history? So they, they started out 4-0 against us. And by the end of the first day of all the stuff, they were 6.5 points to 1.5 points. And all you have to get it to is 14.5. So they were already almost halfway there after the first day of play. Terrible start. Next day, we made a little bit of ground, but not really that much. All of our team looked terrible. Brooks was probably our best player. Scotty was somewhat solid. Ricky Fowler, who I mentioned that I love but probably shouldn't have been on the team, didn't win a single point all the entire time. I don't remember who the other guy was, but I was – dogging on like half of our team oh jordan spieth also did not record a point the entire time um justin thomas i think got one point um and he lost his match at the end when we were hopefully making a push we we our final day match play looked finally looked okay we were making some headway scotty had a lead blew it and tied which gives a half point to either team which was awful um and then yeah, our last, our la- basically it was gonna come down to like the last five groups, and then we like lost right off the bat with like the first one. So then that just threw that out the door. Um, so Zach Johnson, while I do like him, was a terrible captain. Um, we need to completely rethink how we're doing American Ryder Cups, and basically just saying from now on we are just gonna use Tiger Woods as our Ryder Cup captain every year because he doesn't play, so it doesn't matter if he's hurt. All he does is put the team together, rally the troops. We need somebody that's charismatic, such as Roy McIlroy on the opposing side, because USA Golf, which for me, I also do think that it's kind of dumb that it's USA versus the world. Like, I get that we have all the best players, quote-unquote, country-wise. But, like, Scotland invented golf, and the, like, British area is, like, where golf originated. So I don't get why it's USA versus all of Europe when it should probably be, like, I think they should make it three teams and do U.S., Britain, and then Europe, or rest of world even if you wanted to bring in guys from elsewhere, which I don't know how that works exactly. But yeah, you could do, like, what if, what if you did, like, U.S., Europe, rest of world? There's, like, the rest of the world does not have enough good teams. They don't have – no, they don't have enough. So you'd have to do U.S., Britain as a whole, so you could do, like, the whole Ireland, Scotland, Wales, England, uh, Northern Ireland, so you could get, like, uh, Rory in there. But the U.S. looked pathetic. 
part of it is because we left some really good guys and live didn't pick them up um another thing is zach johnson was a big uh, i'm gonna go with my heart as a captain's pick let's pick justin thomas who uh has looked horrible recently i feel like me as a bad golfer could probably beat him in some match play if i just talked trash to him got in his head and then he'd start just hitting the ball in the water uh which is kind of what he did this weekend so um Terrible job by the U.S. Hopefully they figure it out next year in the next two years. At least it can't be worse than this year. Uh, well, it, it, it could, um, and it likely will not actually get that much better, but we'll find out. Uh, so, last point that we were looking to talk on, uh, playoff baseball. So, last week we talked about who was going to secure the last spots, and it ended up being the... So the final wild card teams were the Rays, the Rangers, and the Blue Jays from the AL. And then in the NL, it was the Phillies, the Marlins, and the Diamondbacks. And promptly, four teams were swept. There was not even one series that went to a third game. So we were supposed to have games today if anybody would have won one game that got swept. And none of them did. So we have an off day. Uh, Twins beat the Blue Jays, Rangers beat the Rays, Diamondbacks beat the Brewers, and the Phillies beat the Marlins. Kind of wild to think that the uh, – I'm sorry, hold on, waiting for this to load. Kind of wild to think that the Blue Jays, A, like everyone coming into the year, people thought that they were going to be like, oh, you know, like didn't they, did they miss the playoffs last year or am I tripping? Uh, I believe was it, was it two it. years ago. I believe no, they they made it last year. Lost, they the, lost Mariners, to the Mariners two years ago, where it was kind of like, damn, you know, once the Blue Jays make it, but it's like it feels like the Blue Jays have been waiting to get over that hump, and then the Twins who haven't won a playoff series in forever beat them. I, that's that's the one that I was most surprised by. I think a close second was the Diamondbacks over the Brewers, especially because the Diamondbacks bullpen looked so good, and throughout the year that was just kind of their one thing where it's like, oh shit, their bullpen's not great, and then it just went and just closed the door. And the starting rotations, I feel like, for the Brewers, it's just kind of just outmatched the Diamondbacks. And in playoff baseball, especially in the wild card, whoever has, like, the better one-two punch on your rotation is probably going to win. And we didn't see that because Corbin Burns didn't look good and got lit up. Well, And they lost the first game, and then kind of after that, it's – yeah, Corbin Burns, he was even pitching with a lead because uh, it was, I think at least, because it was. He did. Fa- he yeah, was. Fad had uh, three earned runs in two and two thirds, I think. And then the Diamondbacks bullpen completely shut him down the rest of the game. Mm-hmm. And Burns gave that one up. Yep. And then the Diamondbacks, like the Diamondbacks didn't even use their good starters because it's, um, they used Gallon. They, used Gallon like, they didn't use Merrill year. Kelly, they used Fad. And then it's like you go into this week where you have a few days rest, like you go, or this coming series, I suppose, this weekend, and you go, like, Merrill Kelly game one on Saturday. Against Kershaw. That against belongs. Kershaw. And then Monday is the next game. You go Zach Gallon, and then all of a sudden you could, like, you could go, it's a five-game series, so you could go Merrill Kelly, Zach Gallon, game one and two, and then if it goes down to four and five, it's Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallon again on full rest. I think that the Dodgers could be in some trouble once it goes further into, like, seven-game series because it's, like, Besides Kershaw, our pitching is not good. Say, what, do we, what do we have? Julio Bobby, Reese, Bobby Miller. Julio Reese, is, uh, he uh, sported a nice little like, five ERA this season. He looked awful, especially for this being a contract year. And he's not playing. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers, I think it's going to be a little uh, 
a little dicey. I don't know because you got like Sheehan, Bobby Miller, Kershaw. Nah, yep. Where it stops. Yep. And I'm not really sure what the plan is. They it's, haven't uh, especially it's going. If we can get through this, green, whatever. Michael Grove, I guess. But it's like, what starters do you use? You know, it's like if you look at the starting. I, I oh, I guess Lance Lynn. But you know, That's he's looked better since he came to, the, to Dodgers. the Dodgers. But and the thing is, is like once if we are able to get out of this or out of this series with the Diamondbacks, I think there's a very real chance we get swept in the NLCS because both of those teams. Their pitching, their top two options are incredibly elite. Plus, those teams are built for the playoffs. I don't think we are. And I, they just very well could just dominate us quickly and then not give us, like, a chance or, like, any glimmer of hope to come back and win. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I'm curious to see how it all plays out. So... If you had to give predictions, Cole, on who you think wins each series. Each series. It is the Rangers versus the Orioles, correct? Correct. You think the Rangers take that? I think the Rangers take that. That's I, what I, you, it, you had that look in your eye. I don't know. I just kind of thought that's what you're thinking. I, I would love to see the Orioles win it all, honestly. Because, don't get me wrong, they have a young team. But even, like... And we knew they'd be a good team and like even possibly a dynasty in a couple years. I don't think anyone expected them to be the one seed or even make the playoffs this year. I think teams still expect people ex- still expected them to be like the four seed in their division, maybe the three seed. But they're the one seed and have a chance, I guess, at going to the World Series. I just don't think it'll happen. I would love to see it though. Uh, yeah, it would be a pleasant surprise. I like the Orioles, but teams need that experience and that like IQ and that timey hitting and all that. And I just don't know. If, I, like, yeah, obviously, I, I know the Orioles don't have the experience in those situations. Plus, playing in big in front of big crowds, they're not used to that in Baltimore either. So, I think they lose in five. I, Wait, I agree. That no, wait, never mind. They play five games, right? Correct. I think they lose at four to the Rangers. The other one is the Twins and Astros. Yes. I would pay $1,000 to see the Twins sweep them. That won't happen. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it, but... I don't think that'll happen. I think the Astros will sweep the Twins. And then in the NL, I think the Dodgers win in five. Actually, no. I think the Dodgers win in four. I think the Phillies and Braves is impossible to decide because last year we saw we saw the Braves, like a 100-win team last year. They were very good, and they got beat by the, uh, they got beat by the Phillies in the playoffs. But this year, they have the MVP. They have Matt Olson, who had like fifty-six home runs, fifty-four home runs with like one hundred forty RBIs. One hundred thirty-nine. One hundred thirty-nine RBIs. I just don't. I don't know. That's a tough one. What do you think? Both, either of you. I think it's. I don't know anything about baseball. Don't ask me. I think it's extremely hard to say. I agree, but. I will make a prediction. You're just saying like it's it's hard to tell, which I agree. But I'm gonna go Phillies again. What face are you making this time now? Something about our group me. Oh, okay. Yes, uh, I saw that already. I thought this was sports related, but I'm sorry. No, it's all right. But the uh, the Phillies, I think, are gonna take it because you talk about that one-two punch, especially in a five-game series. How that's uh, a one-two punch is imp- 
you if you have a especially because last year because didn't they they played the Braves in the NLCS when it was I, a seven game series now you play them in a five game series that one two punch that you they dominate they get two wins you they that other team has to win the next three to win you only have to win more they they have to win all three it'd be one thing if you were playing the Braves or the Phillies in a seven game series and you had Nola and Wheeler for four out of the seven but now you realistically have them for four out of the five. Yep. And, and it's like just, it's they hard. Just, and even can't. the even the one game that you don't you still have Taiwan Walker who was an all star like two years ago. Yeah. So I think their front end is good. Their bullpen's gotten better. And then they look damn good against the Marlins. Yes, the Marlins looked like they had no energy and were flat. And then you maybe think that like, oh, maybe some other teams would have put up a better fight uh, in the playoffs, like some of those teams that just missed out, like yeah, the Cubs. I don't know, like I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think any team that made the playoffs, if they like any team at all, if they were matched up with the Marlins round one, I think they would have swept the Marlins. Any team you can choose any team, I think they would have swept the Marlins first any round. Any team that was like also in in the running, or you could say that the Cardinals would have swept them. No, like any team in the playoffs. Oh, like yeah, yeah. I just I don't know, think I think the Marlins are just, just outmatched. Not, yeah, like, no I matter in, in in like all aspects, just outmatched. I mean, it was a cool story to see him like make this run. I didn't really expect I, them. I would have preferred it. to see the Cubs because they probably would have put up a decent fight. Now, would they have beat the Phillies? Probably not, but they would have won a game, potentially. Like probably brought it to three because they do have a better lineup. They have guys like Dan Swanson. They have Cody Bellinger. I don't really know how much further it goes, but they have. A good pitcher in Marcus Stroman. Justin Steele was their better and, pitcher this year. Oh, I forget. That's who it was. Justin Steele, who I wouldn't say is like second in Cy Young running. They would have put up a decent fight against the Phillies. Probably wouldn't have won the series, like I said. But it would have been better than watching the Marlins get manhandled in two games. But that's... Yeah. I Yeah, it's better than seeing that for sure. But... Uh, I don't know. I think, I think I'm going to go Phillies. Because it's just... It's hard to do. And then that kind of leaves it open where it's like, you know... What happens then? Because if you go, if the Diamondbacks can beat the Dodgers, then it's kind of like feels a little bit like an underwhelming. It's it's kind of like the March Madness thing where we talked about last year. Where it's like everyone loves seeing an underdog until all it's all underdogs in the it's final. Like, and uh, like you no have one no one to cheer for. Yeah. yeah. So if it's like Twins, Orioles, actually, I think. Could you imagine like, it goes Twins, Orioles, Diamondbacks, Phillies was the CS. To be fair though, that the Philadelphia. Fan base is pretty large. Yeah, they would bring. They're rowdy for sure. But if like, the Phillies win the World the Series, I think. So, I think the world. I think just the U.S. is in like a rude awakening if the Phillies win because I think Philadelphians will like just like take over the world. I think because their fan base is really big and crazy. But if you have like you were saying though, if you have the Phillies, you have the Diamondbacks. Honestly, I. At least teams would be cheering for the Orioles because, like, oh, that's crazy. Like, a lot of people would jump on that bandwagon. But if you choose, like, the Rangers, though, like the Rangers and then the Twins and those two NL teams, I just, like, like you said, that'd be just all eight seeds in the Final Four at that point. It's just not – it wouldn't be that fun to watch. Yeah, I think that everyone could get behind a little Orioles run. But I I agree with you earlier saying that they don't have the experience to do what it, it takes to get it done this year. If they somehow do it, I think the MLB is in for a rude awakening because this is a team that they're going to run back with the same squad for three to four years. And if they win now, like that, you realistically yes. could see like a three P. And like you, and there is a meme. It only happens in Baltimore. Like stuff only happens. Certain stuff only happens in Baltimore. So like they got some crazy people over there. U.S. might be for a rude awakening too. 
Yeah. And playing off another meme, this is my last thing that I was just going to wrap it up after this, but if the Phillies could make the World Series again and they somehow win it this time, I believe it was like the la- it was either the last two times the Phillies won the World Series or the last two great financial recessions of the United States the Phillies were like involved in some outs. Like either we the last two times the Phillies won, there was a recession right after they won it, or the last two like great recessions the Phillies won the, the World Series live of that year. Like 2008 2009. was the financial crisis. I thought 2009, I don't know. I thought it was uh, it might have been 2008. I it was eight. Yeah. And the Phillies won the World Series that year and then I don't remember what the other one was, but it was a meme I saw last year. I don't not like, you know, an economics major or something. I just have like all those just down in my head, like, oh, yeah, you know, 1945, that was a rough year for us Americans. Wasn't around back then. You know, I was, like, negative 60-something years old. <laughs> uh, on that note, though, I think uh, I'm going to call today's episode. Anyone got anything else to add? Go Colts. Uh, the Cowboys are winning the Super Bowl, and the Dodgers are winning the World Series. Those are uh, not mortal locks, by the way. Those are not mortal locks. Do not take my advice on that. If you do, do not blame that on me. That's your fault for being stupid. Uh, I think my final closing thought will be that next week I will be crying tears of joy because Zach Wilson will have thrown for 300 yards and three touchdowns with zero interceptions, I might add, that in the Jets win against the Broncos and Jets fans everywhere rejoice, and it's just a great day. I, I'm really, really hoping that that's what happens, but you know, I suppose we'll see. But other than that, we will catch you on the flip. Yeah.